Hello, everyone. My name is Hank Suttala with Holistic Health and Healing, and this is our third uh, podcast, uh, first our third live stream, whatever you want to call what we're doing with Stir Crazy Shamans. And uh, since we have all the social, social isolation and distancing that we are doing, we thought, why not get together and see what's possible by having two shamans brainstorm for a possibility for everybody out there. Uh, so if, for those of you who don't know my story, I've been a trained Paco uh, Paco Kuna, it's the Southern tradition of Peruvian shamanism. Uh, my teacher is Don Zane Kerfman, the author of Inca Mountain Magic, and we host him every other year for a shamanic apprenticeship program, which was gonna start in April. It will still start in April, though it might be a little virtual uh, this time around. And then we have Casey, who is kind of uh, trained from his spirit guides, which is a segue into our topic for today. So I'll let Casey kind of introduce himself and how he got into this crazy world of shamanism. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, so I, uh had sort of an abrupt and very intense awakening uh, years and years back um, before I, I actually was thinking about this the other day, but I have been practicing a form of shamanic journeying since I was a really little kid. Uh, and back then um, <laughs> it was a friend and I who just, you know, we kind of, we believed in what we were doing, but we just thought it was kind of play and imagination, but we even called it traveling to the spirit world. And we had spirit guides that we would interact with and go on these adventures with. And um, I just kind of clicked that memory a while ago. So I've been doing shamanic journeying really since I was a really little kid. Uh, but then there were years and years where I you know, was uh, not focused on any kind of spiritual path and actually went in the other direction and was like sort of an atheist for a long time. Uh, but uh, my guides had other plans for me. So uh, they sort of threw me into the realms of spirit and, and um, I was uh, uh, had all those switches, my ability to see, sense energy, communicate with guides, just flipped on really abruptly, caused a lot of chaos for a while, but my guides helped me to work through it. And then I had some human teachers and guides also show up to not only um, convince me that I wasn't crazy, but show me that, wow, all this stuff is really incredible and real and, and I can use what I'm learning and experiencing to help others. And um, yeah, discovered shamanic journeying uh, in a, a more uh, formal way, uh, read a few books and then my guides just kind of took me off and they they taught me about how, um, how to navigate the realms of spirit for my own growth and healing and for the healing of others. So uh, if it wasn't for my guides, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be here today. That's for sure. <laughs> and the thing is with guides, we all have them. And that's what we kind of wanted to, not kind of wanted, we are talking about today is spirit guides and that we all have them. And when you're just kind of having them in the background, they can't uh, advocate for you as much as if you start to develop a relationship with them. And that's what we do in shamanism is it's really a reintroduction of how to reacquaint yourself and have dialogues with nature spirits and your guides and, and that type of thing. And also to not be afraid to ask or to give them jobs to do. That's what they're here. They're here to support us. Uh, sometimes we just don't realize that all we would have to do is say, hey, can I get a little of uh, help with us, support with us? And they are running to assist us in ways that we can't even imagine. It, it's very true. Um, and, you know, sometimes uh, in the big, you know, our guides are very willing to help. They're hanging out with us. Uh, or some come and some go. Some are with us our entire lives from birth and are almost always around us. Some come to help us for whatever we need in the moment and then they move on to the next thing. Uh, but they're here to help us. Uh, however, there's only so much they can do without our invitation. And, um, uh, but for there was a while when I was really working with my guides, uh, when I first started to really develop communication with them, where I almost felt bad. And it was like, I feel like I'm calling on you guys too much or that uh, the only time I call on, on my guides is, you know, when I really need their help for healing. And, uh, and uh, so there was, it was sort of just a s silly egoic thought. And uh, the one guide um, who had, we've been together for many, many lifetimes, and his whole thing was, hey, we only have eternity together. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're waiting to help. They're more than eager. They love it. It's, it, you know, when, when we call on them to help us, we're developing a relationship with them. And it's like, you know, they're so excited because uh, so many people go throughout their lives, in, in at least in this world that we live in, and many people never even connect with their guides. So to have uh, a human who's becoming aware of their guides and calling on them for help. Our guides are so excited and they love that. They're, they're, they jump at the opportunity. So I absolutely call on them often. 
they're they're willing to help. Right. And one thing I can share with you, there are, I find that things that are consistent between different belief systems, it's a testament to that their validity. And I'll just give you one example. In traditional spiritualism, there is what they call a spirit band. It's a band of seven different beings. They all have very specific functions and they are with you from birth until death and probably pre-birth until after death, actually. But they are this band of helpers that are with you throughout the totality of your experience and then others come and go. In spiritualism, we have ones called the gatekeeper, which is its job is that nothing comes through to you that you're not ready for, right? There's the alchemist, there's a healer. Uh, and that's all I remember because I'm not as trained on spiritualism uh, for that part of it than I am shamanism. But now in the Paco tradition of Peru, we have something called the Yanapec, which is a band of seven spirit beings. The first three are animals. The first one's cold-blooded traditionally like a snake. The second one, a puma, which is a like a jaguar. And the third one, traditionally a condor, but it could be any cold-blooded mammal or bird. And then the rest are people in spirit, like someone from the family lineage that would keep the family together. So like for me, it's my Aunt Karen. And then there's a, someone that started a lineage like Dr. Azui that continued on after the years, a healer, and then your physical representation of the creator on the planet. And so it's just interesting that two completely different things, but they still both have this idea that there's seven bands, seven spirits that are with us the entire time that we can uh, use and advocate. Uh, they, that we can use them to uh, help us with our day-to-day -day experience. There are so many parallels between the experiences of spirit and the interactions with spiritual beings that are here to help us. One that uh, I find really interesting is uh, and this is the uh, story of how the sacred pipe tradition uh, came into play for the Native Americans. I remember I was called to sort of research this a little bit, and I came across, I think, three or four different stories of how the sacred pipe was introduced to uh, the Native Americans. And they were all from different tribes, and they're different versions of the story. Um, but uh, the common themes were it was a, a, a female human came down from the mountains with this pipe and there were ju and uh, just so many parallels between all of the stories. And it's, to me, it's amazing that, you know, despite geographically coming from such different places, this powerful ceremony that was introduced by a spiritual being, you know, there's so many similarities in the descriptions of the experience. So yeah, absolutely. It's a, so many, so many synchronicities and so many testaments to the validity of these experiences. And when you really start to begin to develop a dialogue with your own guides, uh, I mean, talk about, uh, you know, receiving real signs, you know, I, th I think uh, we're always receiving signs from our guides in the universe, but when you start to develop that personal relationship and communication, they're, they're just going to speak loud and clear and there's no room left for doubt in anyone's mind after, after so long, uh, when working with your guides. Just realized we had some like, okay, yeah, Mike's with us uh, commenting on YouTube. Hello, Mike, glad to see you here. And if you, anybody uh, listening, if you have any questions or if you have a comment that you'd like to contribute to the conversation, um, if you're on Facebook, click the YouTube link. Uh, we're only, I'm really just monitoring the comments from YouTube to keep everything in one place, but feel free to uh, join in the conversation, offer your comments. Uh, but I think where we really like to go with the conversation is it's great to talk about guides, but giving some practical tools to get in touch with your guides, to get in touch with your intuition. And I know that's gonna work differently for everyone. So ultimately that's the answer is to find whatever is gonna work best for you, whatever feels lightest, but we can certainly give you some inspirations of what has worked for us. Uh, Casey, it sounds like you've kind of um, been in touch with your guides from the very beginning, but was there anything in particular that you were able to do that um, kind of helped to strengthen and deepen that relationship or creationship, I should say with them. Creationship, I love it. Um, yes, so uh, shamanic journeying is really the practice that helped me to develop a relationship with my guides. Um, and when I was younger, I had, I don't know uh, if they were the same guides in different form. I, I actually haven't sat down to ask my the guides that I work with now, but they didn't appear in the same way as they appear now. Uh, and so there was a long period of time where I had my own mental blocks, which is the problem for most people when trying to communicate with their guides. I think we have this preconceived notion that meeting with our guides for the first time is supposed to be this giant, wow, explosive, incredible experience, which it is amazing. Uh, but in having that expectation of that, we, we 
block ourselves. We become too excited and we block ourselves from easily communicating with them. Um, so for me, it was just uh, relaxing and journeying without the expectation. And when I let go of needing to meet with my guides and just uh, had fun traveling through the realms of spirit, through journeying, you know, just experiencing a beautiful waterfall in, you know, the lower worlds or wherever I was, um, then eventually uh, one guide, I think the first guide that I met was a, a, a snake uh, guide um, who That's I've realized. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I, I've, and I, you know, so got communicated with that guide more and more connected with that guide more. And then that guide um, led me to uh, meet with my next guide. And then eventually um, came to meet with my angel guides. I work with four angels and um, we, uh, we were very close. We've been together for since way before I came to earth. And, uh, but it's, it's really just a process of, you know, spending time. Just how do you get to know any human being that you'd like to get, get to know more? You spend time communicating. And so for me, that was, I, I did that through journeying, through sh shamanic journeying. That was the big tool. Right. And for those, some people have a harder time uh, getting into it. They just stay going into journey work. What I find a great tool uh, from Access Consciousness World, actually, is to set aside, even if it's just 15 minutes once a week, that you call like office hours. And it's for any intuition or spirit contact. And basically, you could just open up and say, hey, guides, um, you know, what? What do you have for me or what what can we dialogue about or what inspirations may come from our time together and just sit and see what what might come through and also to develop as you are starting to develop this dialogue with your spirit guides uh recognize that there's a lot of different entities out there and always ask yourself does this feel light for me will this is this a thing a possibility or is it not because uh, there's a lot of other things out there than just guides so do you have any tips on discernment as you start to develop this relationship to not get um to, to uh just to be mindful of knowing who you're speaking with or being open to uh, i think a lot of people have an intuition about this sort of thing that uh, whether they're aware of it or not um you know when we meet a new person for the first time we sort of get this in like I don't want to say judgment, but we get an intuition about like, oh, wow, that's a really great person. You know, they may not have really said much that would make us believe that, but we just get that feeling. That's a great person. Or, you know, you meet someone you're like, that was a shady character. I don't want to talk to that guy. Um, and, you know, same thing in spirit. We have those, that's our intuition. That's our higher self or, or the part of us that's in tap with the infinite knowledge uh, sort of coming through, even if just for a moment. So when communicating with your guides, you know, or, or any being that you're making contact with, uh, you know, if you get the feeling I'm really not sure about this, you know, maybe, maybe you're not sure one way or the other. I don't know <laughs> if they're, if they're a good guy, you know, that may be a sign, you know, be a little more skeptical of that. Uh, but if you meet with a guide and you're like, wow, you can just feel the love radiating and every, you know, uh, really pay attention to the feeling of love and peace. If you, if it's a joyful experience, you're feeling love and peace during the interaction, you're, you're probably on a good track. If you're feeling anything less than peace, love and joy, then, then you need to watch out, I think. And just something that occurred to me when I was training at Fellowships, Fellowships of the Spirit in Milledale, New York for mediumship and prophecy, they had this prayer that they had the students use before they would open up to any like reading or spirit communication. And I'll, I'll give that to you here. And this would be a great thing before you sit down for your office hours or whatever practice you want to develop. Uh, say this as your intention when you start. Uh, it starts as... Um, we give thank. I can't even think about it. I just went out of my um, went out of my head. Okay. Uh, as we open the door to communication and healing, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, the Great I Am presence of the universe, we give thanks for we know that the words spoken and the experience received is full of your grace, wisdom, truth, love, and understanding of the highest. And that's what they give you at the beginning to always open up with your readings. And I used it for, I changed it to with, and the experience received, because I use that for my healing work as well. Don't always say it out loud, but I'm always setting that intention that the only thing that is going to be in my experience is things that are going to be uh, creating possibility and are for the highest and best of whoever I'm uh, working with at the time. So I wanted to touch back real quick and you were asking uh, techniques for people who may not uh, have an, as easy a time getting into that theta state and journeying. Um, one thing that I've noticed in working with people and training people to be able to communicate with their guides is most people are much more aware 
of their guides than they realize. Um, for example, I was working with a group of people once and I asked, okay, now who here can see their guides around them and communicate with them? Uh, no one, no one said that they could. And uh, then I guided them through a little process of just kind of relaxing a little bit. Um, and then I asked a different question and it was, if you could imagine what your guides look like, just if you were to imagine what they look like, you know, sitting around you, close your eyes, what would your guides look like if you could see them? And then everyone was very descriptive. People were talking about, okay, well, there's a wolf over here and he's doing this. And then there's this guy and this giant guy, he's got this big beard, very descriptive. And, uh, and then, you know, okay, now if you could imagine uh, talking to them and, and having a conversation, you know, what would, what would they be saying to you? And, uh, and then people are having a dialogue with their guides. And, uh, and so it's really, I think, we, uh, you know, um, again, that mistrust we have in our imagination blocks us a, a lot. So playing around and, and just imagining what it might be like to see or communicate with your guides, uh, oftentimes, well, I think all of the time, you already are, you're communicating with them. So just develop that, continue to do that until it gets to the point where things start to take on such a life of their own that uh, you'll realize, okay, well, I'm, there's no way I'm making this stuff up. I'm not that wise. <laughs> You know, I think I might have talked about this on one of our other calls. Like, even if you um, are making it up, go with it. Because one of the things that they taught, at what the, uh, one of my teachers said, you kind of fake it till you make it. You say, you pretend, what what is it going to be? And she used to always pretend that there was this, this uh, pyramid of light over her house and that only people would find her that wanted to heal. And she had to do that visualization every day. And one day someone showed up and they said, like, what's with this light pyramid over your house? And so she imagined it, yet it was perceived by somebody else. So are you making it up? Are you just pretending or are you actually giving the universe instructions of what you're choosing and creating in your life? This is something I've done a lot of work with. Uh, I call it energy manipulation, but uh, they're advanced techniques for moving and controlling energy that I, I work with people. Uh, I, I teach them how to do this. And um, so one of the things that I'll do uh, is without moving my physical body, um, I'll uh, say create from my feet like a pillar of energetic ice coming up. And then all I tell the person to do is, okay, move your hands. Where was I? I was over here. <laughs> move your hands around this area and uh, and just, you know, feel, become really aware of the sensations in your hand. Imagine, you know, you're feeling some kind of energy and describe it. And it's amazing how, you know, so I, in, you know, I'm seeing and creating a pillar of energetic ice, which, you know, I'm using the imagination to do. And then these people start to feel and like, oh, it's, it's, um, it's hard and pointy, but not hard like a rock. It's like cold and almost a little wet. And uh, then I tell them it's a pillar of ice and they're like, oh, that's exactly what it felt like. Um, so yeah, absolutely. You know, our imagination is the tool that we use to create very real experiences in spirit that not just we experience ourselves, but they're, they're a co-creational thing. And, and, you know, anyone who's perceptive can sort of tune their attention to that same frequency and we can have very real experiences in real time with other people absolutely and then there's also certain frequencies from the sound world because i got to talk throw a little sound note in pun intended <laughs> that you can use to help connect with guides there's actually a whole tuning fork set just for archangels and it was all based on the kabbalah and they all have their own little frequencies and then numerology 444 i believe is often associated with angels or there's even these little tuning forks uh maybe about two inches uh, or so uh, that are called angel forks and they're just these really high pitch frequency that when you combine them all these interactions of sound create these harmonics and these little windows that raise this vibration up around you and sometimes things like that could just put you in the space where you're more able to perceive the inspiration and the communication from guides angels and uh, those upper world spirits there are a lot of tools that we can use including uh like a plants and essential oils um like for example uh lavender is often the energy of lavender either whether you're using it in a tea or you've just got it around to smell it or the essential oil or whatever is often associated with angelic energy speaking of angels uh, and i have experienced uh, when i journey uh, after i use lavender essential oil or drink lavender tea uh, I almost always have some kind of upper world experience and I'm communicating with angels and they come through a lot more clearly that way. So yeah, all kinds of tools out there, be it sound or whatever. 
and Rose is probably one, I know it's a little bit pricier in terms of oils, but Rose has over 350 different chemical components. And is there a coincidence perhaps of when someone passes, so many people have this uh, experience of smelling roses? And is it because that's just a really high vibrational plant and, and that's just another way for the spirit world to make their presence known to us? From my understanding, Rose is actually the highest vibrational uh, plant or flower at least. Yeah, I, it's definitely from an essential oil standpoint, I don't believe at least that we've discovered because who knows, maybe there's some super plant out there that mm -hmm. we haven't run across yet. But Rose has by far the, the greatest chemical composition and it does so many things for you. Yeah, it's amazing. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, another really great essential oil uh, for connecting with um, the spiritual in general is frankincense. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people, it, it's really not that expensive of an oil. Uh, but um, uh, I have found that uh, it really increases my energy sensitivity to the point where if I'm, for whatever reason, really distracted from the day and having trouble kind of sitting down and focusing on spirit, um, a little bit of frankincense essentially on the pulse points or whatever uh, really raises the vibration of my own energy, the energy of the room around me. And then, I mean, I'm, I can just, I'm off journeying and whether or not you're using it to journey, if you're just trying to communicate with your guides, you know, using some kind of tool like that uh, in the beginning can help to uh, bring us into the state where we can more easily communicate with our guides. But I want to stress not to rely on any tool like that for doing this sort of work, because if you associate, you know, okay, I have to get my drop of essential oil in order to do the communication, then you're always going to have to have that, or at least in your mind, we create that sort of block independence. So in the beginning, if you're having trouble, use a little bit, but then the next day or the next time, you know, remember what it was like to get to that space and do so without the use of any kind of substance. Right. And I put the website up because uh, I'm, I'm an aromatherapist and I happen to sell essential oils. We weren't planning on talking about that, but the conversation <laughs> went there. But if you go to holistichealthandhealing.net, uh, click store, all the tuning forks and aromatherapy products are on the website, including frankincense, if you are looking for that. Uh, but the, the real question to ask yourself when you're going to sit down and do things like that is what tool might be the greatest contribution for me and just see what pops to you because maybe spirit gives you yellow flowers and you want to go out and get some yellow flowers or you'll you may get an inspiration of what might be your best doorway into that world of communication with your guides and angels yeah and be open to anything like hank was saying uh you know it uh some people even find sitting and taking a bath, you know, really puts them in the correct space. So, you know, it doesn't have to be a sound healing tool. It doesn't have to be an essential oil or a plant. I mean, it, it can be anything, even if it's just, you know, getting in your favorite comfy spot on the couch and putting your favorite blanket over you to like really help you relax and anything that'll take us out of that sort of, um, uh, hustle and bustle mindset and get us to relax and, you know, enter into a, a a state where we're really open for this communication because it's re it is possible, but it's much more difficult to communicate with our guides when we're not in a relaxed state of mind. Uh, when the when we're in fight or flight stress mode, it's it's really difficult to get that work done. So anything that helps you to relax and bring you down, um, that'll that'll really help to right. open up that communication. And that, that brings up a good point. If you think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, make sure all those things are taken care of. Like make sure your body's fed and, and all those things are taken care of because you notice that self-actualization is at the way top of that little pyramid. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily how it works, but take care of all the things that might be uh, taking away from the experience so that you're not having your conversation with the guide and realizing I forgot to eat breakfast or something like that, you know, <laughs> and, and all those things are going to help as well. And then we haven't talked about it yet, but also the moment that you're starting to fall asleep, like just putting out the intention, Hey guides, let's meet during my, my dream hours and seeing what your experience might be. And we have these things called sleep cycles. Everybody's cycle is a little bit different on average. It's about 90 minutes, but you could even set your alarm clock uh, for every 90 minutes or so and intentionally wake yourself up and have a little recorder. Try not to write because if you write, it takes your brain out of it way faster. But if you have a little voice recorder, you can communicate your whatever experiences you have into the recorder and you might even be able to start developing some of these relationships um, in your other than conscious states as well. Yeah, dream work is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a powerful space where 
to get spiritual work done. And um, uh, like you said, learning to recall your dreams is really important if you're going to start to do that. And I, I, was that you were you were touching on is like when you wake up from the dream to sit there and record what you've yeah or, but or are you, you wake up because it's fleeting and but if you start right. to try to write it like physically write it, it it's taking your brain and putting it into a, a completely different state than if you're just talking so you'll keep staying it longer if you're able to just kind of speak it through a little bit in a voice recorder and try to avoid writing it and then afterwards you can go transcribe it if you like yeah and uh, so that's that's a skill uh, just like any other skill. Uh, dream recall is something that when we practice, we get we get better at um, because and the reason that's so important is that for all you know, right now, you could be having really in-depth communication with your guides all the time, every single night. But if you're not remembering those dreams when you wake up, that's not really helping you all that much, uh, at least not in your conscious waking life. Um, so yeah, developing the the skill of dream recall is really important and that can help out in, with communication. Um, I. Hank, hopefully uh, I can turn the conversation over to you for just a moment. I just realized I left something on. I have to go turn it off. Okay. Yeah, so no I'll problem. be right back in, in about a minute. So. No problem. <laughs> right. So while uh, Casey's taking care of that, I'll, I'll offer there is a affirmation that one of my teachers, same teacher I gave you the prayer from, Elaine Thomas, that she gave us for helping not just with recalling your dream experiences, but also uh, taking care of the physical body. So it says, I give thanks for I know as my physical body is asleep and receiving healing, I am learning and serving on the highest levels of life, waking up in the morning, refreshed and renewed, remembering all that I have learned that is for mine or anyone else's highest good. And feel free to tweak that uh, just because that's the way that I was taught it and that's the way I gave it to you. Uh, you, you, you fill that out and you can tweak the phrasing or whatever to meet what you feel is going to create the greatest possibility for you. Maybe you want to remember all that you have learned, not necessarily just for things that are for people's highest good, but you want to know other things as well. So depending on your intention and your attention uh, with that. Uh, it would definitely be a benefit for you. And welcome back, Casey. We got Casey again. Thank you. Welcome back. I'll give it to you offline, or you can watch the replay because you know this is all going to be on YouTube. But uh, my teacher Elaine Thomas gave a great affirmation where um, you say it at night, and it just opens up the space for you to continue developing on your spiritual journey and remember everything. So it's a great way. Any affirmation, affirmation that you want to make is going to be a benefit to you. And that space of consciousness you, were, you had mentioned before, that state where we're right about to fall asleep but not quite there, uh, we have so much more direct access to our subconscious mind in that state. And uh, I think I was reading uh, Isaac Newton or someone uh, used to have a technique where they would hold um, metal balls in their hand. And uh, when he was doing whatever work, uh, you know, his when he was looking for inspiration, he would hold metal balls in his hand over like a, a, a bowl underneath. And uh, he would um, like, I don't know, ask a question or something looking for inspiration. And then he would get to that point of where he would just be about to doze off. And then he would drop one of the balls and it would clang and it would wake him up. And he was, so he would like try and stay as long as he could in that state right before sleep. And that's where all of his like really powerful inspiration came from. Yeah, not sure who that was, but it might have been him. And then uh, Thomas Edison, the inventor, also did that. He would take a whole bunch of cat naps during the day. And it was during those naps that he came up with a lot of the ideas that he was working on. And then probably more in the holistic world, so a name that people might be more familiar with would be Edgar Casey. Uh, Edgar Casey was well-renowned for going into that trance state, getting information, and not just getting information, but what he said was like validated by doctors that someone else saw like two months afterwards. And so he was uh, astounding at doing that. Uh, and then later on, uh, they have a whole organization around Edgar Casey now, and all of his uh, materials available online with the membership. I, I was a member for quite a while. There's everything you can look up there is amazing and is a great contribution for almost anything you're looking to expand in your life. He's got a tool for you. Yeah, and uh, it's a powerful um, uh, practice to give yourself suggestions in that state, like you were saying right before bed. Um, uh, our, our subconscious mind. Uh, 
it's so powerful that it's creating this entire reality around us all the time. Uh, but we have sort of a barrier uh, up. And that's, again, talking about like these blocks that we put up and why we can't just instantly access these states, go off and journey and do this stuff. Is uh, There's almost like a, a gatekeeper within our own mind, uh, also on a spiritual level, but even physiologically, um, the conscious and subconscious, there's sort of this barrier to filter things out so that every time, you know, a person says, um, you know, go jump off that cliff, you don't go, okay, I have to do that because that was information that came in. So it's sort of designed to keep us safe. But it, um, but when we relax, uh, we, 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 we enter into what we call like these state of brainwave states, uh, where we're, um, we're like, so relaxed that we could fall asleep, but we remain focused and, and awake. Uh, that barrier between the conscious and subconscious is broken down. So if you start to give yourself suggestions in that state, and a suggestion could be anything uh, with regarding guides, it could be something along the lines of, I am able to easily and effortlessly sense and communicate with my guides. Just give that suggestion to yourself. And whatever words you want to use that feel natural to you, um, in that state, right before you fall asleep, your subconscious mind is going to go to work to start rewiring itself to make that a reality. And, and that'll be much more powerful in that state as opposed to if you were to just say that over and over again in your normal waking consciousness. Right. And one thing to say to that, too, and th just to bring a little science into it, a topographical brain mapping that can show like what parts of the brain are engaged. When you do an affirmation, it's not nearly as engaged as if you do an affirmation, which is when you do it in a way of a question. So you would ask, like, what could I be today while I sleep that will create the greatest possibility in connecting with my guides? If you ask a question like that, it engages the brain completely differently and play with it. Maybe that's not true for you. And an affirmation does work better for you. But play around with both and see what what would create the greatest possibility for you and your guides. And keep a journal about some of the stuff too, because you'll find that you might write something down. And I say this and I never journal at all, but <laughs> you know, but if you were to keep a journal and all of a sudden you start to see trends or uh, things that are coming up consistently, it starts to give you some validation because you might not have remembered what you wrote down a couple of weeks ago. And then you start to see these trends and, and things of that nature. And it helps anytime we can make a connection like that. I mean, I, I always talk about synchronicities, uh, but when we, when we recognize, um, a synchronicity or that we've received a sign from spirit or that we validated some experience that we had uh, that set and, and we recognize that. And, you know, a big thing is to say, thank you for it. You know, so you're trying to have an experience with your guides, you're learning to communicate and maybe, um, maybe you're not seeing them there and hearing their voice yet, but you asked a question and then, you know, something happened, like you found a feather as you were asking, a question to your guides and you just knew okay that that feather was there because that was my angel guide communicating whatever to me um acknowledge that as being a true experience and then say thank you thank you thank you thank you so much for this sign this experience um one gratitude is just one of the most powerful forces in the universe for manifestation uh but um but in in thanking uh in saying thanks for that experience, we're sending a signal to the subconscious mind that yes, this is important information. Um, and that's what we're trying to do. We're really trying to sort of rewire ourselves. If, if we've never, if, we, if you're having trouble and you're just learning to communicate with your guides, it's because we've sort of been indoctrinated and trained that those experiences of spirit or imagination, which is the tool we use to experience all of this is unimportant. So we have to rewire our brains and tell us that yes, all of these little experiences, all of these synchronicities are important and giving thanks and validating in your own mind, those experiences over and over again, no matter how small or subtle uh, that starts to rewire the subconscious mind and, and it'll shift your paradigm. And then you get to the point where the communication is so loud and clear that there's no room left for any kind of doubt. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing too, to add to that is that when you have those experiences and you're in that space of gratitude, you'll find that I'm always big on questions. Then you at, tell the universe and say, how does it get any better than this? Thank you so much for this. How does it get any better than this? Because the universe does do this huge dialogue with our experience, and then it's going to give you yet another experience that's going to continue to build on the things that you're focusing on and looking to actualize in your life. 
Yeah, the questions can be really powerful because, you know, as we always say, I talk about the subconscious, but the subconscious is a parallel of spirit and 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 the superconscious in, in the universe. Uh, you know, as within, so without. We're sort of a micro <laughs> microcosm of the macrocosm, if I'm saying that correctly. But um, what's that? Close, close enough. <laughs> It's um, hard to put words to some things that are beyond words. Um, Neil Donald Walsh used to say, I think I'll, I'll probably script the quote just for, as a point, but he said that language is the feeble attempt to put words of the isness to the allness or something to that nature. <laughs> I'll begin to his point, right? So then that's a big thing too, uh, just a point I'd, I'd like to bring up. As we're talking about all of this and any spiritual topic that, that you're listening to any spiritual teacher talk about, um, the words that we're speaking aren't necessarily important and and really none of them are true. Uh, it, and so what the words are doing is they're acting as a pointer and we're pointing to direct real experiences, uh, but you have to go there yourself. So if you get too caught up in trying to figure out the meaning of the words, then you're sort of missing the point of all this. It's what are the words pointing to? Look at that. And just to take a moment, um, I know we have a couple of people viewing on uh, various areas. If there's any topics that you want to see in future uh, Stir Crazy Shaman uh, episodes or whatnot, please make a comment. Let us know what uh, things are on your mind, what you'd like to uh, see. And if you have a question or a contribution specifically around guides, feel free to make that comment as well. We can speak to that if you have any questions. And uh, this is not me and Casey just having an experience talking to each other. This is really something that we are inspired to do and include you in. So this is as much your experience as it is ours. We just have the cameras right now is all. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Feel free. Please ask questions where uh, I could, I can talk about this stuff all day, but it's really, it's, we're doing this, like you said, to share. It's time for, uh, as one of my friends put it, it's time for the monks to come down off of the mountains and put up their open for business sign. <laughs> So that's why we're here. <laughs> I wonder if that will happen. I haven't seen anything on the news yet, but that would be cool. <laughs> hey, it's it's the, the newest development in the COVID situation. <laughs> the monks. The monks. <laughs> cool. Uh, let's see. Spirit guides. Um, what energy, space, consciousness, and choice could we be while we continue this conversation with the greatest possibility of all of you? And you know, if you go back and watch our, I think it was the last one we did, we did a whole series on how to be centered and opening up your communication with your guides. Uh, that is a huge tool because you want to be bring yourself back to center as much as possible. And more than that, just not be on autopilot because we are always rushing through life. And this is probably one of the greatest blessings of the current virus is that everybody had to stop everything that they're used to doing, break all their, their, structure in their lives and and take themselves into a space of, of all new things that they're doing and when you're doing that and you take yourself out of that autopilot mode this is like one of the best times that you can start to establish new behaviors new habits make those habits or i invite you to choose to make some of those habits of being centered more often and just being open to the idea that you can communicate with your guides, have an experience and start to have a creationship with them where it's gonna put you on this trajectory that you're gonna just have more ease in your life and create more and put yourself in a spot where you have more to share with the world yourself. And uh, like you said, setting up new, uh, new paradigms for yourself, new ways of thinking and being. Uh, you know, right now we've got time. Uh, we have time to sit and think about what's important. And I think a lot of people, I've, at least I've seen it on Facebook and, uh, and other social media platforms, a lot of people are starting to realize that, hey, you know, maybe all of this go, 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 worry about paying the bills, get home, buy the next thing, go out to dinner, you know, never stopping to really sit and connect with the spiritual, you know, maybe that's not the direction we're meant to be going in. So yeah, take the time now, sit, be with yourself. And um, one thing uh, 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 that I uh, will sort of point people's attention towards is um, if through all this, you're, you find that all this free time uh, sort of makes you uncomfortable and, and you, you're like trying to find things to do just to find things to do, you know, look at your relationship with yourself. Um, you know, if you're not comfortable just sitting and being with you, then maybe you need to spend some time figuring out why you're not comfortable being with you. 
and uh, developing the connection with ourselves uh, and and going inward and and really you know learning more about us and, and communicating more with ourselves uh, that will open up the doors for us to communicate with spirit but if we don't have a good relationship with ourselves and we don't love ourselves you know uh, we're not we don't have a good foundation to be going out and having all these experiences of spirit so first you know take care of you learn about you who are you it's a great question. And one thing too, when it comes to kind of taking the deep dive and learning about you is recognize that potentially the most unkind thing you've ever done to yourself is judge you. And we judge ourselves based on what we were taught is right and what we were taught is wrong from our parents, from social society. And then through all of our life, we end up saying, you know, how, how often are we taught like children should be seen and not heard or don't do that what will the neighbors think but when you're a child you are in the space of just pure being and you're not caring what the neighbors think mom and dad care what the neighbors think right but we're taught to kind of stuffle our light and stuffle our beingness so as you start to sit with yourself if you find yourself judging you give yourself a break right a lot of the things that we're judging ourselves for are ideas that we never aligned and agreed with before it was just an idea that was instilled in us and it's time to start unwinding all that so we could just be in our experience and be patient with yourself during all of this uh you know you're not going to you know immediately develop the most perfect amazing loving relationship with yourself if you're if you've been in sort of this pattern of self-judgment, self-doubt, all of this, then the, the negative self-talk that a lot of people have, uh, you're not going to switch that instantaneously. Um, at least most people won't. Maybe some people will have but that big flat. You could, yeah. absolutely. Uh, but most believe it can happen. That That's one of the biggest traps we get into is if you spend 20 years of your life screwing yourself up, we sometimes get in the mindset that we have to spend an equal amount of time fixing ourselves. <laughs> but in truth, it could be as quick as a finger snap and you could have a whole new experience if you're yeah, and and the real huge paradigm shifts and the, the big uh well big awakening um the the powerful realizations do happen in, in just that split instant and there's almost they're so subtle and so powerful at the same time um but but be patient with yourself in the beginning you know if, if you sit there and you know you think okay i'm going to develop a loving relationship with myself so sit down and think and feel you know i'm really grateful for this about myself and Ah, but yesterday you did that, and I was, you know, I didn't like the way I talked to that person. So I, I, you know, and then oh well, screw it. You know, this is too much effort. I can't sit here and monitor my thoughts 24 hours a day. So I'm not even going to try. You know, so one, uh, you know, would you rather keep going in that direction and, and causing yourself all that unnecessary suffering uh, because you don't want to put in any effort now, or would you rather take the time to slowly? you know, ease your way into these practices. And yes, it may take seemingly a lot of effort up front, um, but you're working towards developing the most incredible experience of and for yourself. So it's really worth it. You know, the practices of being mindful, learning to love ourselves, practicing gratitude, learning to communicate with spirit, um, it, you know, may be slow and steady at first. It may take some time, but I can assure all of you that Every single moment of that practice is is worth it. And enjoy the journey. Enjoy the process of learning all of this, because that's what it's really about. You know, the, the destination is here on the journey. The journey is the destination. <laughs> For anybody who hasn't seen the movie The Peaceful Warrior, there is a scene where. Uh, have you ever seen it, Casey? No, no, I haven't. So, Peaceful Warrior, it's a. There's this one scene where the guy who is the mentor, the spiritual mentor, takes his student all the way up on this mountain. They spend like the whole day going up and he's like, oh, here it is. And he just like picks up a random rock off the ground. It's like, that's what we came here for. And the student like loses his mind. He's like, what? What was that about? And he's like, it's the journey, not the destination. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I've actually, in, so I, uh, one of the things I do on top of the shamanic meditation classes, I teach, I guide people on their own individual shamanic journey sessions. And um, it's it's funny because I run, I run across this with a lot of people, especially on their first couple of journeys. Um, again, so it's called shamanic journeying. And so I've, I'm guiding this. And most people are able to enter into some kind of uh, spiritual space where they're either in like a natural setting or somewhere inside, wherever they are. But they're walking around uh, and, you know, they might be outside walking on the, you know, Physically, they're lying on a table in the room and the lights are off and are, are low and all that. Uh, but in their experience, they're 
walking on a beach and they're off, you know, and, and then they say, okay, well, there's a forest behind me. So I guide them to, you know, they walk through the forest and they're looking, trying to find their guide. And there's like these birds going by in the sky. And then they, you know, there's a waterfall and they go through that and, you know, then they come out of it and, you know, they, they're like, nothing happened. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Uh, you know, you, you're, you're talking about the beach and the waterfall. Like, yeah, but I didn't meet with my guide and have that experience I was looking for. And so that's when I remind people, it is called shamanic journeying, not shamanic destination. Uh, <laughs> the journey itself is it. That's why we journey with the experience of the process of journeying, whatever you're doing in that exact moment that you're doing it. That's the end goal, if you want to call it that. <laughs> uh, and when you go to do work like that, too, take a moment and actually invite your guides. Like You wouldn't have to find them if you just invite them to you. Like that, that's actually a Caro technique. They don't go anywhere outside of their own bubble. They call everything into their bubble that they want to work with, and they don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> so their whole idea of journeying is totally different. Yeah, I'm very excited to learn about because, uh, and I know that's something I've so so much experience going off and traveling through other realms. I think that this um, uh, calling the energies uh, to us and not going anywhere is going to be an excellent way to sort of balance out my experience. So very excited about it all. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Casey is almost completely spirit taught in the way of shamanism. Uh, he was taught directly from the spirit world. In my tradition, we call that an ultima sayoc. It's someone that has that direct connection with the spirit world, and he's just never had the, the structure uh, that, like, what I've had going through the apprenticeship program a couple times. But it's beautiful. You can see that though we had totally different backgrounds, one more formal, one less formal, uh, the interplay between us with the knowledge. It's like we didn't come together and write this stuff before we came on. We're just able to speak like this because we have the same knowingness uh, from two totally different backgrounds. And it's really beautiful to see that. It's probably very validating in ways for both of us. Absolutely. You know, and, and uh, I think about that every time we get done speaking. But yeah, it's, it's almost like we're... Uh, we're on such a similar wavelength. You'd think we were communicating t telepathically <laughs> or something. Uh, but I think that comes from the fact that the experiences that we're, we're talking about, you know, they're universal. You know, we may have subtle variations in the way that things were presented to us and, and even the way that we, uh, you know, the words that we use for them, especially, I think that's where, where uh, a lot of the difference comes from. But uh, the underlying experiences of conscious manifestation, communication with energy guides, um, uh, I think all of that is universal and, and we can all tap into that. There's nothing special about me or Hank uh, in terms of, uh, okay. <laughs> well, I shouldn't, okay. There's, in terms of our ability, <laughs> in terms of our ability to, um, you know, tap in and have these experiences, you know, we're, we're all, we can all learn to do that. It's just that, you know, we've spent a little more time practicing. So, you know, if you, if you, if this all sounds interesting and, and you haven't had these kind of experiences, just start practicing, start playing around and, uh, you know, remember we're all beginners. Even my teacher, uh, Zane Kerfman, who wrote the book Income Out and Magic, and we have the apprenticeship every other year, which is kind of starting in April, give or take virtually. <laughs> uh, but he would always say in class, especially towards the end, he'd be like, you know, I am no different than you. I'm just a brother on the path that's been walking a little bit longer than you. And I have a couple pointers and tricks to help you on, on the way. And it's really looking at the teacher and student as equal equal things, really. It's that it's not that anybody's higher or lower. It's we all have our own unique experiences and our own unique contributions to each other if we're willing to receive them from each other. I remember... Uh speaking of just being on different points in the path, sometimes being a beginner can almost be a little more advantageous at certain points. Uh, I, I remember I was studying at a Zen temple and I'd been practicing there for, I think like eight months. And, uh, you know, every like, you know, two, three times a week, I would go and we would sit in meditation. And, uh, you know, I got to the point where I, was, I was start, and it, this is early on in my days of practicing. So I started to get to the point where I was thinking, like, you know, I've come so far and I've, uh, you know, I've really, you know, I'm able to focus better and all this stuff. And, uh, and one of the things that we would do is we would chant, um, uh, like so they were Buddhist uh, chants. And, um, you know, I started to, uh, I had them kind of memorized. And so I knew like what we were going to say as we were saying them. And I 
had the words memorized and all that. And um, then someone came in, it was their first time uh, meditating and the teacher would always ask if uh, anyone wanted to share about their experiences, if it was their first time. And so this person um, was talking about the chanting. They said, I really like the chanting part. Uh, he said, because I don't know what any of those words mean, um, but it was just cool. They were just syllables, you know, just sitting there saying one syllable at a time. And the teacher was like, yes, that being in the moment so much that all you're experiencing is one syllable. Like that's, that's, that's really what we're trying to get you to do. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, this guy just started. And like, you know, I've been here missing the point the whole time of this. So um, yeah, sometimes the, the beginner's mind is, uh, you know, if, if we can retain that through our whole experience, I think that's advantageous to, to never think that we've reached any kind of level of mastery over anyone, because we can always learn more, uh, even if it's really fundamental stuff that we thought, you know, we, we spent, we put in our time at the beginning, you know, I think having that kind of uh, mindset is, is not advantageous to us. We always need to be open to learning more and expanding on all the things that we know. The day that you feel that you learn it all is the day you shut down to receiving and yeah. there's so much more that the universe could give you if you were just in the place of being willing to receive that you don't have all the answers and you, you know, there's, there's plenty more that the universe could gift us. If we only said, please, I'll take it. <laughs> and and that kind of brings us back to asking again, you know, um, uh, there's only so much that, well, I mean, spirit is always communicating with us and the spirit is the driving force that creates this reality. Um, but as far as communicating with our guides and receiving insight, help, healing, all of that, we've got to ask, you know, uh, our guides are, you know, I, I have personal experience with where I, you know, dangerous situations like climbing mountains and things where I would have died if my guides hadn't been there to, you know, help out in the exact right way. Uh, so yeah, they'll jump in and keep us alive. Uh, but as far as the day to day, you know, like, okay, I need a little, I'm feeling anxious and why am I feeling this way? You know, um, oh, I wish my guides would just fix that for me. Well, ask them. And most of the time they will, they're very willing, uh, but we have to take that action of asking first. And I, I don't like sort of a uh, way to ex exemplify that. So I, I like to think of the metaphor of like, say you go over to a friend's house, right? And um, you're really thirsty and you just want a glass of water because you're really thirsty. And if you sit there going, oh, I really hope that they offer me a glass of water, you know, they may, or they may not because they're talking to you and having a good time, uh, you know, but all it takes is a simple, Hey, can I have a glass of water? That person's going to go, sure, absolutely. And they'll give you a glass of water. It was that simple. But if you never ask, you know, the odds of you receiving it are far lower. Right. The universe is willing to give you all kinds of stuff if we were to just ask. That's a huge <laughs> point. And one thing I, I also want to just touch on as we are using all this different vocabulary is don't get caught up in the words. We, I think we were kind of talking about that earlier where it's it's about the energy behind the words. And if you start, and the carol get really bent out of shape about some of these things, if you if you start comparing away like what we're talking about to something that you're familiar with they say you lose the gold you lose the magic and to give you one example when the spanish came through the uh, peru they would say oh your apus your mountain spirits they're like our angels and the care would be like no they're your angels and angel or apus and apu they're different and in, in the differences is the gold so as we're talking about all these things what is the gold what's different from what you knew before you started watching this uh, versus what we're saying and don't relate it away but embrace well what is the what, what are the new things that i can really take away from this and not compare it away absolutely yeah um you know our and uh, but i think uh, again going back to the validation thing um uh, look at the differences and and if you find something that maybe we were kind of touching on but you think oh you know that that's not the way i experienced at all you know, use that as validation that we have all of these different experiences, but we can relate. Uh, the, and, you know, the language, the individual experience might be different, but um, yeah, we're, we're all having these powerful experiences together. They're all very real and, and um, yeah, validate that in your mind. That's, that's really powerful. Absolutely. And as we kind of come up to our, we're approaching an hour already. I can't believe we've been talking for <laughs> an hour already. It doesn't feel like that much time has passed. No, not at all. <laughs> Uh, though you, you see it on the bottom, uh, Casey is going to be doing for us at the center three times a week a, a guided meditation. Not guided meditation. It's going to be different every time. It's more of a journeying meditation, uh, and every day is going to be different. I bet you today might be about spirit guides. I don't know, though. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see, we'll see however it flows. Um, and, and, and they are. They're, they're sort of a... a, a 
a hybrid uh, between a shamanic journeying, the way that I would guide people on a shamanic journey, and a guided meditation. Um, the, re the only reason I don't do a straight up shamanic journey is that um, I, I sort of need the one-on-one -on -one experience with people to be able to judge, you know, where they're at, and I need communication and feedback from them. Uh, because and in a shamanic journey, I'm really not giving a whole lot of, I'm not really guiding. The person's having their own experience, and I only pop in when they go, hey, I'm kind of stuck on this, could you help me out? Uh, and in a guided meditation, you know, we're sort of explaining everything that's happening and like holding your hand and walking you through what you're supposed to be experiencing. So it's a hybrid in the sense that, um, uh, I'm not telling you exactly what you're going to experience. There's going to be a theme and I'm going to sort of explain, uh, give suggestions as to how to approach certain experiences. Um, but then I do leave a lot of it up to the individual, whatever the individual happens to experience. But some are a little more closely guided and some are a little more loose journey format that each one's different. I just kind of flow with whatever I feel like people need that day. And that's really the, the key thing is you're tuned in and you're going with the class. There's been, I, I tell this as a, my experience one time I was teaching at Lilydale, I had made a whole book. It was like a hundred pages long, this big manual, all the stuff I was going to be teaching in this class. And as I'm driving there, I just get this download from Spirit. I'm like, this is what you're teaching. And I'm like, really? That's nothing about what was in the catalog. <laughs> so, so I get there and I tell the students, I'm like, hey, on the way here, I got a whole different inspiration of what we're going to teach. I'll give you the manual. Everything I was going to teach is in that. Does anyone have an issue if we follow Spirit's plan instead today? And <laughs> I taught a workshop completely off the cuff that I hadn't even developed yet, and everybody loved it. So there's something to be said about, you know, you follow the energy. What's going to create the greatest today? Yeah, and the expectations, you know, uh, that's a quick little point is when we have expectations of how something should go, that's one of the things that blocks us. And uh, so, yeah, I try not to have too much of an expectation of how these, how I should guide. And I also ask people not to have too much of an expectation of what they're going to experience. You know, the fewer expectations you can come into the experience with and just be open, uh, it, it will leave you more open to receiving whatever it is you need to receive in that time, instead of saying it should be this way. So, yeah. As a healer, I go into every session with the awareness that anything could happen, but with the expectation that nothing might, ha that nothing happens, you know, like I have no <laughs> expectation that anything will happen, but I, I am the awareness that anything could. And in that space is where the greatest possibilities are, because you're not like, even if you have a good expectation, like I'm going to meet my guides, what more could you have had, had you not had an expectation? Because you, you just created a glass ceiling for yourself and you stopped here, but if you had if you hadn't had that expectation about meeting a guide, you would have had this complete transcendence of oneness experience that was beyond guides. And, you know, that's really something to think about. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Don't limit yourself with your with your own beliefs, expectations, or indoctrinations. You know. beliefs. They stick us worse than the bad ones. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one of our favorite beliefs that we have, one of the last things that the ego loves to hang on to is our belief that we're this spiritual person or a shaman. Right. Or whatever it is, uh, you know, if we sit there and think like, oh, you know, I'm really good at communicating with my guides. I'm a, I'm a great, powerful shaman. You know, again, you know, those are those are beliefs that are limiting you. You, you know, you can experience so much more than that if you just open up and or, or and, and you know, when I talk about this, it's in the moment. Right. You know, sure. It's great to sit there and, you know, empower yourself and think, you know, I am the most powerful being in the universe, which you are. You know, uh, but in the moment when you're when you're exploring, communicating with guides, journeying, doing any kind of work, healing, whatever it is, in that moment right there, you know, be open, be the hollow bone, be blank, let whatever it is that wants to flow through, flow through. There's a, a, a old parable about this village and oh, come, someone comes running in and says, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, there's this monster. It's like a tree that moves and another villager goes out. And he comes back going, oh, my gosh, no, it's not a tree. That It was like a snake. And then finally the wise man goes out and sees what it is, comes back and says it's an elephant, <laughs> right? So like, but the point is that God is dot, dot, dot. Anything you put after that is a limitation. All the words that we put to things is a limitation. So to get just, you know, stop labeling yourself, stop, well, give yourself permission. I'm not going to tell you to do anything because they have that saying, don't shit on me, I won't shit on you, right? <laughs> invite yourself to have the experience where you give yourself permission to not label things and to not define things and come to conclusions because in the definition and conclusion is where we get stuck. And if we just have awareness and choice, we have this endless playground of what we can experience in our day-to-day -day lives. And I think where a lot of people um, 
uh, at least I've sort of differed. I don't know. A lot of people have difficulty not, uh, or, or they, they come from a place of like labeling things uh, too much and they have difficulty breaking away from that and directly experiencing things. Um, but it's important to be able to also communicate about these things because I feel I'm, I'm so direct experience and I've always been so spirit taught that uh, it took me a long time to be even able to have like half of or a quarter of the conversation that we're having now because everything was just pure direct experience. I had no words for it. Uh, so yes, it's, you know, always find the balance. Um, the direct experience is really it. Be be there in the moment experiencing whatever it is uh, and, and know that the act of labeling and defining um, won't add anything to the experience and often subtracts from it when we're really there without judgment and without this constant stream of thoughts telling us about what we're experiencing that's when we truly experience these things um but then afterwards it's okay to reflect you know I don't sit there and think that oh I'm, I'm not supposed to be you know thinking about this in any way or putting any words to it you know sure afterwards reflect and think but in the moment have that direct experience and, and don't be so up in the, the thought stream and notice that there's also a difference between the energy behind a judgment and an observation. Sometimes an, yes. obs an observation is an observation. You're just looking at what, what is, right? The judgment is when we're defining it as good or bad or right or wrong or something else that starts to put it in the duality instead of the oneality. The oneality, it's just pure experience that you can label any way you'd like. But in the duality, when we start putting it to one side of the spectrum of positive or negative vibration is where you're anchoring it in the duality or the reality, we should say. Either way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. Any thoughts? Because we're now we're over an hour. We made it to the hour mark without even blinking practically. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I was I was actually going to ask you. Uh, no, but I, I think um, yeah. If you if you feel called, you if you if you're interested in developing more of a relationship uh, with your guides, uh, you know, come and join. Uh, you know, try out the uh, shamanic meditation because uh, oftentimes that's a lot of what we're doing is learning to develop more communication with our spirit guides and just the all of the spirits that we might encounter uh, in in the, the various realms and worlds that we uh, we travel through um, but uh, don't be intimidated either you know because uh, you know, some of the stuff we talk about might seem like uh, oh I might I need you know years and years to get there um, but you know be open to the experience. Don't have those expectations. Just if you feel called, jump on in. You know, worst worst case scenario, you had a really relaxing experience for an hour. Uh, best case scenario, you know, your whole life will change. Exactly, the <laughs> whole new worlds will open up to you. So uh, uh, yeah, yeah, be open if you feel called. Come on and and, and you know, just have fun. And one thing too, when Casey was doing these meditations at the place where he works at, he's a massage therapist, if you didn't know, hence the massage table behind him, um, <laughs> where he was working at, of course, they shut down. He was, uh, normally his uh, meditation classes go for like $40 a head. And when we're doing them online, uh, we have a price point of 10 bucks, and then we have abundance boxes because we understand that with this uh, crazy, unprecedented time we're in, people are uncertain of the future. So if you're in a space where... Uh, you know, you don't have quite as much to contribute. Uh, you could just spend 10 bucks. And if you are in a place where you can contribute, you could add another 10 bucks or add 20 bucks and, you know, help contribute to uh, to Casey and HHH and all that good stuff. So, and also, if you go to our website, there are a whole bunch of other events that are all going virtual, like Empathic Empowerment Training is now virtual, Conversations with God, uh, which uh, me and Sean run. And you're welcome to join us too uh, for that, Casey. It's open to everybody. Um, Thank you. It's all based on the works of Neil Donna Walsh. Power Possibilities next Tuesday is all virtual. So a lot of the things that we're doing are all going virtual, either with the program we're using now or with Zoom. So it's a, a pretty cool experience. And we can even bring you on. Like if one of you wanted to be brave and come on with us, we could send you a link and we could have you join our conversation and, um, and speak to anything that you like. So it's a whole new, exciting time. No fear. No fear. Feeling excited and ready. Yes, but not fear. Absolutely. It's very exciting. And I, I think all of this is uh, going to open up doors for us, uh, not just now during this time of, you know, quarantine and self-reflection, uh, but I think we're going to be able to carry uh, this new interconnectedness through this wonderful gift of technology uh, well into the future. Uh, I mean, uh, I think 
uh, you know, sometimes we, we really want to join in on a meditation class and we really want to try this new thing. But, uh, you know, just the logistics of scheduling, time, you know, when we are back to our busy lives, scheduling the time to go out and blah, blah, blah. I think for some people, it might just be easier to join in on a virtual format. So I foresee myself offering this these type of classes in an online setting well into the future. So, yeah, feel free to join as, as often as you like. But just with conversations with the God last time, we had somebody that was like 70 miles away that had always wanted to come and she traveled a lot. So she joined our group hoping to eventually like, you know, stop by and, and hit one of our meetings. And now because it went virtual, she was able to join us for the first time. So that's just one little example of how people in a way, maybe this uh, is, is a way for people to connect really on a much more deep uh, level. And for our empaths out there that don't have the tools to be in a crowd and not feel overwhelmed, that is also another great opportunity for people like that. And for one, take Ryan's empathic empowerment training on Sunday, uh, first Sunday of every month. It's a phenomenal set of tools that he goes, he's one of the managing members at the Holistic Health and Healing Center, uh, but it's unparalleled tools that you are able to, uh, to use for yourself and to really empaths, sometimes they look at it as a curse because they're so aware, but it's really a blessing. And if you can learn to really be an allowance of everything you're aware of, uh, with a couple tools of how to direct that, it can really be an amazing gift. And imagine being able to make 100% of your choices in life with 100% awareness of all that is, your whole life would change. And that's what really empathic empowerment training does for people. And yeah. hurting. it's all kind of interrelated. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're uh, learning to ex uh, embrace and accept the experiences that I think we all have on some level. And we're learning to accept and expand upon those uh, for our own growth and healing. I think that's what it's all about, you know, because uh, a lot of us, we're, we're already, uh, we're already aware of energy. We're already aware of our guides in some shape, some way, shape or form, but uh, you know, take these classes and learn to expand upon that. And uh, you know, things can change uh, for the better. Uh, and, and and we can, like I said, we'll see whole new worlds open up in front of us. It's really an amazing thing. And if you're still watching, you made it to the very end. So thank you for watching the entire thing, especially if this is on a replay. A very much appreciative of your time that you've uh, that you've chosen. Take a moment, make a comment on our YouTube channel. What topics would you like to hear? I think we're planning not think we were going to be doing one of these a day, not necessarily always an hour, uh, but we're planning to do one of these a day, usually around one o'clock-ish or so, uh, sometimes earlier, depending on the day or later, because on Mondays I'm really busy, it might be in the evening, but we're going to try to connect every day and just talk about whatever, wherever the energy is uh, pulling us to. So again, thank you so much for being with us, uh, love and light, and Casey, thank you for uh, doing this with me. Thank you, Hank. It was very fun. I, I, I look forward to the next one. And thank you, everyone, for your attention and energy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. A Nike, a Nike, a Nike. <laughs>